Escape Podcast. Hello, you are listening to another Youthscape Podcast. It is Monday lunchtime. Well, it may not be Monday lunchtime, but that's the earliest you can listen to this. And I, I assume yeah. that uh, everyone is just on tenterhooks now, just waiting for it to appear on the iTunes feed. So, uh, so welcome to uh, Butte Mills in Luton for another Youthscape podcast with me, Martin Saunders, and... And with me, Rachel Gardner. And actually, Monday is quite an interesting day for us youth workers, isn't it? Because it's kind of the day after Sunday, and Sunday, if we're doing church-based youth work, it's quite full. So you might be having a bit of a day off and sneakily listening, or you might be now getting through all your life admin and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully, you're taking a break and listening to us. I hope you don't think this is, is work. This is, this is leisure. This is leisure. Listening to the Youthscape podcast, surely. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, we are going to meet in a minute Matt Summerfield, oh, uh, Matt who Summerfield. has uh, been at Urban Saints for and about 100 he has, years. He has the voice for radio. Did you notice I didn't say face for radio? Because yeah, he, he nice. also is a very beautiful man. We'll say that when he's here. His voice, it's like chocolate. It's just like this really, you'll hear it when he comes in. It's like, like he's been drinking lots of port all morning, and it's just this lovely, gravelly voice. <laughs> so I might just not be asking any questions. I might just be listening to this lovely voice. Wow. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, we've got something very bright and yeah, exciting. Yeah, sorry, I don't know where to go. Sat here. <laughs> I I have uh, the most, the brightest coloured box yeah. in the world in front of me, and this is your thing. So yeah. we've waited a few weeks to talk about this, but yeah. I really yes. I want us to have an opportunity to talk about this. So uh, so this is something that you and a couple of other people have have worked on very hard and produced, and it's a br- bright neon green box that says uh, hashtag Is it okay? Do you know, I'm sat here and I, I've, I've now gone back, I've regressed to being five years old and I'm bringing a little drawing home from school to show my mum. That's how I'm feeling. I'm like, yes, I made this. Look at this. Uh, with a lovely friend called Gareth. And actually, uh, props to Jason Royce because it was Jason and Gareth that got this idea started initially. But it is a sexting resource, which sounds utterly terrifying, but actually is... It's not like teaching brilliant. you how to sext. No. No, no. That's an important distinction. No, and I think one of the challenges that we often find, don't we, as youth workers, is that we want to talk with young people about what's actually happening in their everyday lives. But when it comes to stuff like online pornography and sexting, we it's very difficult to use visual cues yeah. because of the nature of this explicit material. And yet somehow we've got to find a way of making it not just a conversation about legality or mm-hmm. more words and... So this is a resource with carefully created images, taking photos of mannequins around our building. Yes, the important distinction to make. So we took, so it's, it's yes. plastic people. It's plastic not real people, people, and it's not young people. So we're not creating images of under eighteen years or anything like that. We're using mannequins, and and the kind of images that you would see in BHS catalogue. Um, but it kind of helpfully opens up for young people ideas around the kind of images they might have received. Because let's face it, uh, the the phenomenon of sexting. It's not necessarily about what individual young people in our youth groups do. It's about the whole of youth culture's way mm. of engaging with their developing sexuality and, mm. and consent, all that kind of stuff. So actually, in a way, it's not necessarily about this young person, do they sex or not? It's the fact that actually they are part of a youth culture that are all, this is how they express themselves online. This is what they're engaging with. So we will have young people in our youth groups who have sex, who maybe have images of themselves out there Mm. that they're anxious about, they've maybe been bullied uh, online with this stuff, but we've got to be talking with all young people about sexting. That is where 
I immediately in my mind go to when I think about young people and sexting, I think of the horror stories. Yeah. I think of the girl who has sent an image to her yeah, boyfriend, topless. trusting yeah. him, yeah. and it's gone around the whole school and suddenly, you know, everybody's calling her horrible names and, and essentially mm. her, her it feels like her life is social life is ruined mm. because of this moment. And and so the heart behind this resource and why we've decided to get involved in a pretty edgy project mm. is because this stuff is very real and very painful and, very and really important. Yeah, very, very, very important. And also because I think we're struggling to know how to have this conversation. Um, and, and we're struggling to know really in terms of for us as christian youth workers as well we we uh we want to engage young people with this topic in a way that they understand that god created our sexuality god created us for relationships and sexting is one of those issues that feels so far away from a conversation about god's best plan for sex but it but it is a really key one as you said martin because this is actually what young people are engaging with today and giving them tools to negotiate uh, to kind of stand up for themselves, to know what they're going to say yes to and no to, to be leaders in their peer group. These are such important godly skills that we give young people. Well, can I, can I ask that question Ooh, yes. in a slightly more provocative yes. way? So we, I open up this box. Oh, I can't open this box. You can, oh, I can. There, there we go. So I open up this box Ooh. and it's got lovely things in it. It's got it's got a dice and some nice cellophane. 12 sided dice. Yeah. dice. Yeah. So if you've lost your. <laughs> From your Dungeons and Dragons yeah. Yeah. set, you can. Oh, you're such a geek, I love it. Yeah, but um, but actually, when you turn these over, there's these quite um, quite challenging images in mm. here. Um, mm. so you say the BHS catalogue, but I think probably some of these are a little bit racier than the BHS catalogue. And actually, you've had uh, you you've yeah. had the police in yeah. to check what you can and can't yeah. show. And and an educational psychologist. Yeah. And a psychodynamic therapist. So with these you've images have gone past through lots of checks. Yeah. But my, my question is, you, you might look at Youthscape and say, well, you guys, you're a Christian youth mm. work organisation. Why is this where you're focusing your energy? Why sexting? Mm. Why is that a vital priority for a Youthscape to be creating an innovative resource around? Well, let's step back a bit. Let's think about young people's world and where they're getting their main messages about identity, about the value of sex and relationships. They're getting it from online uh, content. They're getting it from what they're seeing in pornography. They're getting it from how their friends are using digital media. And so I think for young people, for them to know that God is for them in every areas of their life, that there's a better way to live, there's a, there's a healthier way to live, we've got to be talking about the stuff that they're facing every single day. And so as a youth worker in a church setting or in schools, wherever you're working, walking in with a resource like this and opening up these conversations immediately you are saying we care profoundly for the stuff you're actually dealing with. Mm. And then imagine this is like in your church youth group setting and your young people are struggling with this stuff but they have no idea they could talk about this in church. Mm. And suddenly you as a youth worker or volunteer rock up with this and say, let's just talk about this stuff. I mean, the relief in our young people is gonna be immense. Yeah. What, I can actually talk about sexting in church youth groups? Because if God is the God that cares about sexting, there's nothing that is too small for him. Yeah, so yeah. I think this is really a massive discipleship tool. So I use it with young people outside of a Christian context. I use it with young people that I'm discipling. And because of what I want to do is, is help young people find ways to be free, to be free from the stuff in culture that oppresses them. And, and our young people feel sexually oppressed by the pressures around them and that I, as a christian i want to do something about that oppression yeah so you can you can get a copy of is it okay on the youthscape store youthscape.co.uk yeah slash store it's there um interesting uh, bridge into our research so 
uh, Phoebe's Losing Heart uh, research report, which came out, which a lot of people will have seen. Yeah. Um, one of the things that came out of that report is that uh, young people really want to talk about this stuff. Yes. But most churches aren't yeah. talking about this stuff. So, so why is that? And, and sort of what are the first steps towards beginning to talk about this kind of... Because this feels very yes. high-end. This feels yeah. very... Like, if you don't even want to talk about sex and relationships mm. in your youth group, are you really going to want to start talking about <laughs> sexting? Well, do you know what? The, the youth workers that I meet do want to talk about sex and do want to talk about sexting, but sometimes we don't know if we've got the full support of churches, of parents on board. So I do think we need to do that bit of work of chatting with our leaders chatting with the stakeholders, the parents, and saying the reason we're having these conversations is we want our young people to be free from the oppression that's around them. That's a gospel mandate, really. Um, and I think these resources, the great thing about these sorts of resources, stuff that Esteem's Resource Network develop and others, Naked Truth develop, is that young people access it at their level. So it will go as deep and as far and as wide as the young people need it to go. So don't be afraid that you're suddenly kind of opening up a can of worms because young people access it at the level they need to. But I think um, we're afraid, aren't we? We're, that's why we don't talk to young people. Because we think also that we have to say everything that has to be said about sex. Mm. Rather than thinking, for this moment, my, my godly responsibility before God is that this young person in front of me, that I have a chat with them about the stuff where they're at. And, God, and God, by his spirit, he floods that space. Mm. And, and I think we need to do that drip, drip, drip. So let's not worry about all the things that we haven't yet said to young people. Let's just kind of, with the young person in front of us, have a conversation that's going to bring freedom and flourishing and grace for them. And I love it. I love this stuff because if young people know that God cares about sexting, then they go through their adolescent years knowing that God is with them for everything. And that not that the most precious thing that we can say to young people? The whole of your life matters to the one that created you. So you can get Is It Okay directly from us and the Youthscape uh, website. And inside is lots of information to help you know how to run this game. So hashtag Is It Okay? Question mark. Let's make having these conversations okay. The Youthscape Podcast. So I'm so excited that our guest today is my long-term friend, uh, Matt Summerfield, I'm so excited that you're here. It's good to be here. Are we really, like, how long have we been friends? Long-term friend. I think we've been friends since I wrote a very nice Youth Work magazine editorial about you. Really? Yeah, oh, and then so, you called so me, it's you're really like... it's really genuine friendship. Yeah, it's always been like... built on, on mutual self-aggrandisement. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I'm feeling that. Yeah. I, I have to dig up. Right, boys, I can we, can we get it. back from the bromance? But can I, can I just... Can I, well, forget bromance, because yeah. just to embarrass you, Rachel Garner... Earlier on, before Matt joined us, you described oh, Matt actually. Summerfield as having yeah. a voice like chocolate. I actually, what I said, Matt, was you have a voice for the radio. But then I also said, but he's also got a lovely face. So yeah. nobody oh. thought I was being cheeky about you. It's not a face you for a radio. You have a lovely voice for radio. Thank you. you do. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Matt to do our voiceovers, actually. Could you do the news? In yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In a world where moderns are the garden and get let loose. An illusion in his own mind. <laughs> wow, that is good. You're like a movie trailer yeah, guy. Yeah, you're I, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah, see, yeah, I told right. you, everybody. I love films, that's why. I go to see them just at. What was the last movie you saw? It's like, do you really want me to say? Yeah. I saw Ghost in the Shell. Ah. Oh. That's the Scarlett Johansson sci fi film. Did you uh, think so? I quite liked it. Uh, I gave it a five or a six. Out of. 
10. Oh, out of 10. Oh, that yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's it, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it just, it wasn't great. No. Like, it wasn't great. Do you go to the cinema a lot? Uh, yeah, I have recently purchased a Cineworld card yeah. in the interest of getting a life. And so I try oh. to go every week. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I have an interest in getting a life because the last film I saw in the cinema was Frozen. Really? No yeah. Because I'm a mummy of a five-year-old. I, don't, I just find it really hard to go out in the evening. So that's two out of three of us want to get a life. Martin, how about have you? Have you not gone to see La La Land? No, I haven't gone what? to see La La Land. I haven't. You haven't seen it. It's out on DVD now. I know, I got no excuse. I bought Ian Water soundtrack two weeks ago. Just oh, for La La gosh, Long. I'm just out. I felt the Holy Ghost. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, uh, you, let's, let's just ground this in something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you have been at Urban Saints. How long have you been at Urban Saints? 17 years in wow. May. Wow. Absolutely. When I joined, I was in shorts. <laughs> it was just because it was the summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Well, how do you know I'm not? <laughs> you can have in front of you. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Of course. On the radio. So you are, but you are now president of Urban yeah, Saints. Yeah, I am. If it's good enough for Trump, it's good enough for me. Well, hang on a minute, because I've just realised we've got the president of Urban Saints and the president of Girls Brigade. Yeah, what are you president? I'm not president of anything. Oh. Not even my own house. <laughs> wow. We'll make you president of something. This is like when former presidents get together. I think like, like if, if we were filming this, like Rachel and I could do an arm wrestle, couldn't we? I think yeah. we should but, do it. But, 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 but I know she's very strong, so I'm, I'm not going to mess Absolutely, with that. Absolutely, I'm fine. So you've been at Urban Saints for 17 years. 17 years. You're yeah. now the president of Urban Saints. So, right. so what So what happened to you being chief executive? So uh, basically we were coming to the end of a strategic review uh, about the middle of last year. And uh, as you know, I, I basically give two-thirds of my time for the last five years uh, to Urban Saints as chief executive and then a third of my time as a senior pastor of a church that my dad planted 36 years ago. And so uh, kind of recognise that coming to an end of a bit of an area need, needing to push into something new and that we needed a full-time CEO and I knew that wasn't me and uh, I mean 16 years is a long time to kind mm. of be CEOing, you know, if particularly if you're not the founder I think it's different, you know, saying mm. that of course is. Chris Curtis has been here for a long time, hasn't yeah. he? And we love Chris. He's amazing. <laughs> Keep going, Chris. Keep going. And, uh, we'll pay and, you later. Yeah, he yeah, will. Absolutely. He will. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and so I knew it wasn't me. And so just felt as we pushed into the next chapter of Urban Sex, it would be great to get someone new at the helm. Yeah. And uh, quite a possibility that I would be done. But then amazingly, the, the, the trustees said, would you consider sticking around in this ambassadorial role? Basically preaching the gospel as often as possible mm. to, to young people, uh, training youth and children's leaders and encouraging church leaders to get their churches stuck into youth ministry and also hopefully raising quite a lot of money as well. Um, so, uh, I think so. we should say a big thank you for that. I, I know we give our guests a lot of grief, a lot of banter. Oh, it's I, coming. It's, yeah, it's coming. But I think we want to say a huge thank you. I think so many of us have been blessed, Matt, by the way you have championed youth ministry all around the UK. And I think that's really, really exciting that that is carrying on. It's really important. And we want to we want to hear a bit more about that and particularly about this Live Life 123. So yeah. your real passion and heart around mentoring, about walking a long journey with young people. Tell us a little bit about that. Some of us might have come across your books. Cool. Some of us yeah, might yeah, not. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, it goes back a little bit to my first year, 17 years ago. And I won't take 17 years to take the story, Great. to tell the story. Just probably a couple. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and so we got to the end of the strategic process. It was November 2000 uh, when I'd been there for six months and uh, printed off this strategy for this five-year strategy for Crusaders, as it was at the time. And I kind of look back at that now and I laugh with some of the goals that we went for. But uh, but that's, you know, what a crazy 29-year-old does. When what kind of goals to, did you go for? Like, we were going for world domination. Yeah. We were going to have, like, a TV 
program every week on BBC One. I mean, it was really oh yeah, I mean, a TV program every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone watched by millions of people. Crusaders show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> If we'd have, if only you know, you know, if we'd have ditched everything else and gone for just that. gone for the so crusade. That's just one example. But um, so anyway, uh, praying one evening and just felt like God remind me of that passage in Judges two verse ten, which talks about a whole generation who grew up after Joshua who did not know the Lord or what He'd done for Israel, and, and essentially the challenge of dropping the baton. Mm. And uh, you know Moses passes the baton to Joshua. Joshua's a great leader, but he does drop the baton. And uh, and so that's kind of been a life challenge, really, for me. And I think urban saints, I guess for all of us, really, this is why we're in it, because we want to pass the baton on to this generation of young people, but we want them to pass it on. So we need to train up a generation of, of baton passers. And it's the whole Psalm 78, you know, tell it to your children, so they'll tell it to their children, even, even the ones yet born, or Paul in 2 Timothy 2.2, where he says to Timothy, that which I passed on to you, pass on to others who go on to do the same. And... and and so the essence of that is, well, how do we do that? And of course, Jesus models for us that, yes, thousands of people flock to see him every day, but he realized that there is always a disproportionate impact with the smaller number of people that you hang out with. And so, you know, if you really invest your life in the few, then you're going to significantly impact the lives of the few who can then go on to impact the many. And so if it's good enough for Jesus, then surely it's good enough for us. And so the evangelist in me would love to preach to 5,000 people and tell them about Jesus. Mm. But the disciple in me knows that you cannot disciple 5,000 people. Mm. And so Jesus has his 12, and even then he has the three that he gives special attention to, Peter, James, and John. And, and of course, the investment in them, the, the challenges, you know, his discipleship approach of, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, all that kind of stuff, that Jesus is really tough on them. And, and he's, they see him transfigured at his best. They see him in Gethsemane at his worst. They see him raise Jairus, his daughter from the dead. So he invests loads in them. And then in the book of Acts, they plant the church because yeah. that's that's the payoff, really. And so, so that's my passion uh, about how do we see that and how does that become normal? Mm. that we're just committed to walk alongside people like Paul talks about in the first Thessalonians 2 8 we loved you so much we didn't just give you the gospel we gave you our lives so is that is that why you've been running church alongside running a parachurch organization yeah, that's I, an interesting dynamic yeah I guess say. so I guess so because because I think you know the rootedness of trying to figure this out both as a volunteer youth leader in in my church but now as the senior leader of my church, thinking like we've got to change the yeah. culture of the church, both in terms of seeing the church be a church of missional people, not missional programs. Although I think programs like Alpha stuff are great, we use them ourselves. But how do we have a church of people who are just passionate about living and breathing and sharing their faith wherever they are in the world, who are able to bring their work colleagues and their friends in school to Christ, and then are equipped to disciple them and then help them to come mm. and disciple others. And, and that's ultimately a culture change. And so Live Life 123 is simply an idea, really. That's what it is. Or you could call it a model to help people think about the kind of relationships that they could put in place to help them create a baton carrying faith. So just before we get into the sort of uh, uh, the depths of how it actually works, I think this, this all sounds quite liberating to 
to me as a youth worker, to the average youth worker, I think. Because if when youth workers get together, just like when church leaders get together, one of the first things that comes up is is the question of numbers. Yes. How many? Oh, yes. How many we in your youth group? Yeah. Like how big's your church? Yeah. How many have you been preaching to? All that stuff. I think that's yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, because that's just what leaders do by yeah, default, yeah. and this is very countercultural and, yeah. as I say, quite liberating. Because what you're saying is, it, it you couldn't, you know, hit five thousand people with a message, but you'll probably have a more um, dynamic influence on people mm. if you're just dealing with a smaller number yeah. and really investing there. Absolutely, and and I mean, and you know, like most of you guys, I mean, I, this it's my thirtieth year in volunteer youth ministry this year, and and you we see the roller coaster, don't we? That some years you get loads of kids. I mean, we've had I think there's a high hundred and ten kids in our youth program one time. Now our, our youth program is much much smaller. And so the evangelist in me loved the 110, but it was a nightmare in terms of depth and everything. Mm. Um, we had a little small group on, on Wednesday with our 11 to 14s, and two came, you know, to that. But my leaders afterwards who were running that group, because I was with the older 15 plus group, they were like, they had a fantastic mm. time. And I think the problem is, and, and I had to overcome this myself, that we are so mindful who's not in the room mm. that we don't focus on who is in the room. Like, who has gone put in front of us in this moment rather than thinking, like, oh, I feel really bad that I've got 20 kids. We've got two kids here, and you can make a huge impact in the life of those two kids. And so I think it is liberating because it doesn't matter how big your church is. What, what, what the real thing is, like, well, who am I investing in? Who am I coming alongside? Who am I doing an authentic vulnerable, genuine, trustworthy, secret life yeah. journey with. And, and good on you for sharing that story as well. I think there's a difference between the good stories of youth work and the best stories. So I think we've all, haven't we, fallen into the trap of, we tell the stories of when 60 kids yeah, became yeah, Christians. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really say that now, actually, we don't really see any of them. Yeah, but yeah. the best stories are, two young people came last night and we got stuck into the scriptures and actually they heard God speak to them. And yeah. So we've got to be telling those best stories, yeah, yeah. haven't we, that, that might in a way, make our, us look less successful, yeah. in inverted commas. Now, uh, it's early days on the Youthscape podcast, but I would say one of the most profound things anyone has said so far okay. is what you've just said there about, you know, not mm. not who could I be reaching, who could be here, who has God put in front of me right now, yes, this evening? Excellent. I think that's a great thing yeah. to take to the bank uh, for everybody, for all of us. You know, it's a and great thing to remember. To the bank, what do the bank, what do they do with that? At the, I, I mean, that's a, that was me what attempting to use a youth <laughs> culture phrase. <laughs> can, I, can it fund my project? No, no, I you know, it's not a financial bank. thing. Oh, see, you sorry. take it to your, your memory bank. Oh, I see. <laughs> Right, you take that. You you like this one is one to store away away. in in your heart. It's true. You don't ever get away with anything, do you? Not anything. I do sometimes have the spiritual gift of interpretation. If you need that (laughs) at any point, just just let me know. It's because I've been watching you, Matt, and Matt's got a glass of water in his hand, and the more enthusiastic he's got, the water's gone everywhere. I think it's on your knee. He's really passionate about. So, but I've nearly drunk all my water now. Oh, good. Well, you'll get even more sort of chocolate voiced. Excellent. Yeah. You've got rid of oh, your. Well. Anyway, the question that was going to follow that yeah. ritual humiliation <laughs> was uh, what actually does living life one, two, three look like? What is the, what is the actual model? Okay, so basically, it's, it's about three types of relationships. So, what we're saying is if we're going to thrive in faith ourselves, then it's really good to have at least one person in our life who we are learning from. You can call that person spiritual director, spiritual mum, or dad, or mentor, disciple, whatever you want to call them. But who is putting into you? You know, who, who do you recognize as further on in faith and life that you want to hang out with? And so, I have a guy called Pete. And three times a year for 24 hours, I go up and spend time with him, and, and he knows everything about me. And, and, uh, fantastic so he's your he's your one he's my one 
is my one, someone I'm learning from. Uh, then the two is about, you know, who are the two people in your life that you're doing life with? Uh, soulmates, brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever you want to call them. But people that, again, you're really journeying with, peers, um, and, and dealing with the real stuff. Again, authentic, secret life stuff, the, the, the real stuff. I love that verse in James 5.16 where James says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. It's such a powerful mm. verse because we always think confess to Christ, which we must do. But, but, but James is saying there's something incredibly liberating, which I'm sure we've all experienced, that when you, you lay yourself bare before someone and say, look, this is, this is the real me and all of my crap and all of my rubbish, and you receive love and acceptance, because then you get a taste of the Father heart of God. And so to have those relationships, and, and again, I have two guys, Phil and John, and we try to meet about once a month for about an evening or a half a day or something like that and, and share what's going on in the whole of our lives and pray, give advice, hold each other accountable, that kind of thing. So who, who do you learn from? Who do you do life with? And then the, the, the three is, uh, who are you leading into relationship with Jesus? And, and this is the important thing, and, bold, underline, and, capital letters, big time, mm -hmm. and helping them do the same. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, what, what I'm discovering when I look at Jesus and, um, and why why we see why we're all here today versus what happened with Joshua is that Jesus teaches that the essence of disciple making is reproduction. And so you've never really fully discipled someone until they have reproduced, which is what Paul is talking about, 2 Timothy 2 2. And so when, when we look into the Old Testament and, and you look at the baton passes, the famous ones like Elijah to Elisha or David to Solomon or uh, Samuel, um, uh, you know, to Eli to Samuel or what have you, like. We, we see baton drops all the time because because I think when we do disciple, and we don't do it often, but when we do do it often, the person that we're discipling feels like the end game. And so we're pouring ourselves into that person to, to, to see them become everything that God created them to be, rather than putting into them uh, that which I pass on to you, you've got to pass on to someone else. And and so, so who do you learn from? Who do you do life with? And then who are you leading, helping them do the same? So how do we go out and find these people? I, I guess lots of us listening to this are thinking, I can think of three or four or five yeah. who I'm investing in. That's such a great challenge about who are they investing in and whatever age they're at, they can yeah. do that. But what about the ones either side of us and, and the number one? I mean, yeah. how do we go find those people? So I, th I think the one is the toughest challenge, actually, because I, because I think there isn't a culture of disciple-making in the church. There aren't a lot of people who feel confident doing that. And so, you know, I've had people in my church come up to me and say, can you help me find a one? And I look around my church and I think there's probably five people in the church that I would feel comfortable would take them on. Now, that's a tragedy, really. Mm. And so I always encourage people to start with their twos. And so, so you know, are, are, have you got one or two mates who you would be willing to just say, look, why don't we once a month hang out and start to build deeper levels of trust and authenticity and just see where it takes us, you know, form some kind of huddle and, and, and connect together? And, um, you know, I love that little phrase, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. And so, so when I look at Jesus, Jesus has a plan in the spirit of Rick Warren here. So, so, so the P is, so pray, Jesus goes up on a mountainside and he prays all night and, uh, and he's asking the father, you know, who have you joined me to? Who are those that I need to pick? And it's interesting in Mark's gospel and in Luke's gospel that he comes down. There are, it says that there are a bunch of disciples, more than 12, and then he picks the 12 apostles. So literally he's walking around going, you, 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 you. And so, so we pray and then we look 
So I'm praying, God, show me who to do this for. And then I look, I'm looking in my youth group, that, you know, who, who, who's God stirring me to say, that, that guy? And what am I looking for? I'm looking for teachability, humility, someone who wants to grow with God. The A is then ask. So, so you just ask. I find that adults will ask you if you would disciple them or mentor them. Generally, in my experience, young people don't. Um, and so I would ask them, and if they say no, then the end is never give up, and then keep praying, keep looking, keep asking, and then, you know. And so, so I think you know there's a sense of find your mates who you're willing to do this with, but particularly in terms of those you want to lead, um, you know, have your eyes open, trust the spirit will give you a nudge, and and then ask them. One of the challenges I think for for youth workers and, and as a volunteer myself is is knowing the safe people to do that with. And I think so many times as youth workers, we, we're in a church, we have a church family, but feel that maybe sometimes these people have to be outside of our mm -hmm. church. I mean, get really practical now. Mm -hmm. Do you suggest it's better to have the ones and the twos, people that are not part of your... Yeah, that's a really good point. Keep, yeah. I've seen both ways. For me, my ones and twos are out completely outside of my church. They are. And maybe that's more because I'm the leader of the church. Maybe that feels more appropriate. But... But I know guys in my church and ladies in my church who do huddle as mm. twos, and it's great, and, you know. Um, and so I think it yeah. can work, yeah. but I think you have to judge what feels right. I think the most important thing is the relationships. The numbers don't even matter. I mean, the one, two, three thing is just a way of thinking about it. I think what has become more important to me is who are you learning from who do you do life with and who are you leading that? In fact, those three hours brilliant. are really the essence of, of, of what this is about, you know. So, yeah. And how do people plug into this? So there's there's some, some materials online that people can can get and subscribe yeah, so, to. And things so there's like there's a Live Life 123 website, which we've kind of also created an app for, and there's some devotional stuff. Because, of course, one of the big questions that people have is, well, if I meet with a young person, well, what do I actually do? Mm. You know, they don't know what to do. And, uh, and so we created just some content uh, that literally you can watch. There's about 70 short videos. So you could watch a video which could cover any aspect of following Jesus and then just talk about it. Mm. Or um, I spent a lot of time doing some research and talking to people about, you know, what, what would be some really good questions on an ongoing basis, accountability questions. So, so there are some articles on the seven well-being questions, questions around your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, your volitional well-being, all of that stuff that even on a rolling cycle you could ask questions and stuff around. And so all of that's on the Live Life 123 website. In fact, I, and I just created a brand new group as of yesterday mm. on Facebook that people can join a group and that will be a place where anyone can oh, publish excellent. articles Brilliant. on disciple making oh, and stuff. So we'll just see how that yeah. uh, plays out. And that's great, isn't it? Because actually, if we grab this in this generation, then future generations are not going to struggle to find the ones. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is exactly yeah. that. I think this is yeah. the culture change. In maybe 10 years' time, there'll be loads of ones. But we've got to grab the ball by the proverbial horns. Yeah. And I, I really uh, respect you for coming on and talking about this, even after the incident which happened uh, when I, I created a fictional Brazilian pastor who was interested <laughs> in telling the world about uh, oh, Live Life dear. 1, 2, 3. So oh, I create, I actually, I've just, I've just remembered this. So I created a fictional yeah. pastor he did, he did, he and I, uh, I, with a fictional email account, I went to quite great lengths with so it. Nice. And then I emailed you yeah. and I was like, I'm going to be in Scotland yeah. over from Brazil. Yeah. I'd love oh, to yeah. tell did my whole, well, no, we nearly, oh, no. we nearly oh, got him, goodness. nearly so, got him to book a flight. Uh, oh. But then 
But then the brilliant thing was we then had a planning meeting for the Youth Work Summit, which so Matt was in. And I was on one side of the room emailing him as Pastor Douglas Bartoli from Brazil. <laughs> and he was responding to me on the other side of the room going, guys, just got to wait a minute. I've just got to respond to this guy who's interested in Live Life 123. And oh, we nearly you, got you to book a flight. I bet you were gracious and humble and beautiful. And Martin, the lesson from us for this is if you, if you ever send us an email, we have to just ignore it. You won't it. trust me. No, we're not going to trust you on anything ever again. Yeah. <laughs> well, anytime I ever send an email apologize. at all from anyone who I don't know, I just assume it's Martin Saunders. <laughs> I do, you know, literally. On the of you say podcast, I'd like yeah. to apologise. I know, I mean, it's a shocking <laughs> thing, isn't it? You probably, there's probably been really genuine no, people I've, who've got in touch. I've had years <laughs> of therapy. Where I, 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 I had to be sozoed off of this. Like literally, you know, Jesus came into the room and he and he and he pointed out to this moment which so deeply traumatized me. But, um, You're a good sport, Matt Summerfield. Just before you go, Matt, can you give us uh, the Facebook page then? So, well, if you go on Facebook and literally search Live Life One Two Three, you'll find the group, and then you can join there. The website is LiveLife123.org. And again, if on any of your wonderful app stores for your mobile devices, you search Live Life One Two Three, you can download the app. And so, can churches book you for voiceovers? They yeah. definitely can, <laughs> and they can book me. I'm doing a disciple making oh, seminar you're such evening. A pro. Look at that. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so, if they'd like me to come and help them explore as a church about how to lead people to Jesus, grow them in faith, and pass it on, then I would love to come. Can we, can we book you to do Rachel Gardner's birthday party? To be like the DJ. Rachel Gardner came to my 40th birthday party. It was a fancy dress party. Oh, go on. And they were the only we people didn't not know. in fancy dress. We didn't know. Because you know what we're like. Me and Jason have been all over it. So we were so disappointed. I was getting, thought you were going to say she came in some horrendously no, inappropriate... No, they both look fantastic. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing. I was walking around in a Superman suit. And, I bet you were. And you did some breakdancing. I did do some breakdancing. In fact, I think it was the last time I broke. Did you, did you break something? No, I, I didn't. I remember I remember doing a move and standing up on my body saying to me, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and so, so that's how I've never, never done it. Well, on that bombshell, we'll say, uh, we'll say thanks, Matt. Oh, the Youthscape Podcast! Well, it's time again for that difficult part of the podcast where I'm shown up and humiliated by our word challenge. Uh, and so Matt Allen uh, from our drop-in centre is going to be uh, telling us what the young people have been saying now. Their word of the week this week. Word. 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 So today's challenge is more of a noise than a word. Skirt, skirt. Skirt, skirt. Oh my goodness. Right, so I have a five-year-old who has a scooter and she makes her noise. Scoot, scoot. Scoot, scoot. Anyway, she scoots the route. I'm like, come on, come on, let's scoot the route. So I, I can't get beyond that. So I'm going to fail because obviously oh. it's not, I've got my scooter and I'm going to scoot down the road to youth club, is it? <laughs> no. So or maybe it's something like, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, like, oh, somebody's walked in that you know, and it's like, yeah, over here, something like that. Maybe, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing, I think. I understand. We've been handed a piece of paper that says that has exactly it's actually out. pronounced skirt. So it's spelled S-K-R-T. Yeah. That was quite West Country. I'm going to go blaze of, I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory yeah, here, then. because if I get this wrong, it really doesn't reflect well on me. But I think it's a... Because it's S-K-R-T. Ah, you think it's a skirt. I think it's skirt. So I think if a girl walks past... I think you shout, skirt, skirt, in that West Country accent. 
and she turns around she's like I'm in love with you right and if that is the case I'm going to have words with the youth centre desk I hope that's that's not true but it's my best guess right okay what is it then so you would say this after usually doing something good it means it's a way of expressing your feelings or maybe even celebrating man your crepes are fresh skirt skirt we, we are honestly we are extending our vocabulary yeah so, martin can i just say those glasses are great skirt skirt I, it doesn't really sound when right we say it we, we sound like it. we're from devon <laughs> and 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 also i that's shown up badly yeah. my gender politics well there we go yeah i mean we've got um, i'd like to apologize yeah there we go <laughs> to everybody out there i shall resign immediately <laughs> well and on that bombshell uh, as i head to hand in my resignation we are uh, coming to the end of another Youthscape podcast. It's been fun. We talked about a lot today. We've had. Uh, don't forget, you can get hold of that brilliant resource. Uh, hashtag is it okay uh, from the Youthscape store, uh, and it's great to hear from that as well. Uh, we will be back again next yes, week. Yes, next Monday. So uh, grab your sort of vinegar quavers, and we'll uh, we'll be chatting to you next week. God bless you. The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. Those Bible verses, literally, they're public domain.